The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org. As Lori Lai pointed out in her reflection, and I think I've got this right, the sort of Chinese rotation, the 60-year cycle of 12 lunar years, each represented by an animal and also by five elements, wood, fire, earth, metal, and water, has landed us in that cycle in 2021 and starting this Friday with the year of the yin metal ox. Good. This is the year, the moment, these last few days where we are completing the year of the rat. A year whose force was the fast, hard, active yang, while the element was water, which is known for changing all the time. The ox's earthly branch, though, is associated with yin, which is slow and soft and passive. In China, the ox is known as an animal of strength. It's vital, of course, in traditional agrarian life, and understandably, it's associated with harvests and fertility. In Feng Shui, the ox is considered auspicious. It has the reputation of being able to grant wishes. Apparently, the ox is the most common animal featured in Korean proverbs and across Japan and Korea and China, the ox of the zodiac is not associated as we might imagine uh, with some kind of doltish plodding. No, but with this gorgeous set of virtues like diligence and gratitude and loyalty. It's seen as altruistic, doing its best to serve humankind. One Korean proverb says, it is a bad plowman that quarrels with his ox. <laughs> Which is to say, what kind of person finds themselves in a quarrel with the kind, loyal, altruistic ox? Lori's brother is one representation, as you heard, of a person born in the year of the ox. In a novel that I read this winter called How Much of These Hills is Gold, the author, C. Pam Zhang, who sets the novel, by the way, in California during the gold rush years, or maybe just at the tail end, she also has a character that, for me, reflects the virtues of the ox as I read about them. It's the father in the story, Ba, as his daughters call him. This character who silently, stoically works to provide for his family, enduring hardship, but also we find out later, and I don't think I'm spoiling any, anything, holding the hard secrets of the family to himself to protect his loved ones who can only ever see part of what his loyalty and discipline and love requires of him in order to serve them. I believe in family, Tinhua Lucy Girl, he says. Your family comes first 
you stick by them, you can't betray your family. Isn't it lovely to read about the ox and people who embody its virtues? What's also true about the ox is that in Buddhism, the ox is often taken to represent the Buddha nature. That is to say, it's taken to represent the fundamental nature that is of or in all of us that's capable of achieving enlightenment. When I read that, I remembered a book that I had bought years ago called Riding the Ox Home. Its subtitle is Stages on the Path to Enlightenment, and it was written by John Dado Lurie. Lurie, a Jersey boy by birth, a photographer and an author of over 20 books, was also one of the 12 Dharma successors to the Zen master Taizen Mazumi. Lori became the abbot of the Zen Mountain Monastery in Tremper, New York, and he was the founder of the Mountain and Rivers Order of monks and nuns. He died in 2009. Among the written works that he left behind were translations of poems and then commentary on them and the accompanying nanga or Chinese brush style paintings that are of a traditional text and imagery that dates back at least until the 12th century and maybe before, and may have actually even been Taoist in its origins according to one source that I read. The poems and the paintings, 10 of them by the 12th century, they, they use the ox herder as a metaphor for the spiritual journey and its stages. Versions of these paintings I read are often in display in Zen temples in Japan and China and the Korean Peninsula. And Luri's book explains what he learned of what they say or point to in the stages and the struggles and the rewards of the Zen path, you might say, up the mountain. The paintings begin with a child who's looking for an ox in what is an exhausting search. In fact, it's only by the third of the poems that the boy even cites the ox, and in Laurie's version, just its hindquarters in some brush sticking out. Until then, the journey described is this child's search for something that he knows is there, a child who launches into the journey with faith and determination, but also moments of doubt and exhaustion. And once he finds the ox, there's the work to draw it along with him to slowly, over time, learn to work with and move with and be one with this ox, the way I suppose the farmer ultimately, ideally, is one with the ox as the two of them work through the fields. Except in these poems, once the union of the ox and the boy, who's now a grown-up, takes place, the ox disappears from the imagery it is a Zen teaching, after all. Having merged with the Buddha nature, divisions dissolve between self and other, between soul and mind. Quote, whip, tether, self, and ox, all have merged. No 
traces remain, the poem says. By now the boy, come man, walks through the rest of his journey to enlightenment and then Late in the poem cycle, the old man having gone up the mountain, you might say, and seen the truth of things, particularly of himself and the underpinnings of the universe, having grown in compassion and connection, letting go of false grasping is ready, commanded in this last stage to return to the world again. Like the Buddha after enlightenment, who also returned to the world of suffering to serve. The ox in all of this, according to the poetry, is the part of ourselves that we easily lose and have to go looking for. It's the part that's always there, somewhere, which we will learn again is actually foundational to who we are, our essential nature, but who we have to sometimes search for and befriend with the determination and faith and struggling through the doubt and exhaustion that the boy did. And if we're lucky, or more so, if we're disciplined and diligent, it's the part we will dissolve back into. The last poem describes our re-entry into the world with all its secular, distracted frenzy and the business of living. Quote, entering the marketplace barefoot and unadorned, Lori's translation reads, blissfully smiling though covered with dust and ragged of clothes, using no supernatural power, you bring the withered trees spontaneously into bloom. Reading that description got me thinking about who I have known who felt like such a presence. People talk of the Dalai Lama being that kind of presence, and from afar, he certainly always seemed that way. My grandmothers both felt like that to me toward the end of their lives, women who had nothing to prove, the wisdom of perspective and who trusted the world and my essential goodness, that's how it felt. And patting your hands kind of tr transmitted that trusting to you. And there was a priest I met, a convert from Hinduism who had been very close to my husband's family. He was like that. I mean, Father Bulchand, had been a contentious, challenging priest in his time, gotten into some complicated political dynamics, at least that's what I gather, but when I met him, he was older. He baptized Lila, our daughter, a person who converted from Hinduism, knew the larger scope of the spirit, I figured, and seemed like a good person to do that blessing. And once, when we went to visit him, and we took Lila to him when she was a baby. She was crying up a storm. He got into the passenger seat in the car, then bent from osteoporosis, and he reached out for her with his arthritic hands. We handed her over, and 
Holding her, he just smiled and laughed as she fussed and fussed. And we felt badly, but he, chuckling, just started to play around, tapping on the car window and holding her gaze with his huge smile and his bright eyes. And she quieted down completely. I think of that kind of presence, which I think is one shaped by a lifetime of practice, of deep reflection, of struggle to know yourself and work and surrender to disciplines of mind and spirit that center you in the right places, which is also what the book makes a point of again and again, the poems, the paintings, that at each stage, and especially as we think we're getting wise in this journey, getting a handle on the truth and on ourselves, the risk is always the same, always there to abandon the practices or whatever systems of inner and outer accountability we have, forget the study and the ritual, the meditation, the prayer, whatever it is that got us there. At each stage, that's the risk. And to remind ourselves that like the ox, the virtue is to be steady and disciplined and stay the course. I don't know about you, but I am ready for the year of the ox. I am done with reality TV superficiality and the cult of personality and frivolous made up drama and concerns about ratings. I feel like I have been living in a world force feeding us all junk food, no nutrients, lots of calories, toxic additives, and that we are, I think, soul sick from that ersatz version of life. I am sick too of life before pandemic, the one that Zhuangzi, a Taoist philosopher of the fourth century BCE said that we can sometimes live life, he said, like a galloping horse that nothing can stop, running over things, sweating and laboring until the end with not even enough time to look around and delight, let alone, plan and choose and have thoughtful intention in our days. By contrast, doesn't the ox sound appealing? A year of the ox. Laurie the abbot points out the ordinariness that the ox represents. But it's more like the extraordinariness that's in the ordinary, don't you think? It reminds me of words that we often share at memorial services, words written by Emerson, words about what makes a life a success, where Emerson says this, that what that successful life is, is to laugh often and love much to win and hold the respect of intelligent persons and the affections of little children, to earn the approbation of honest critics and to endure without flinching the betrayal of false friends, to appreciate beauty always, whether in the earth's creations or man's handiwork, to have sought for and found the best in others and to have given it oneself 
to leave the world better than one found it, whether by a healthy child, a garden patch, a cheery letter, or a redeemed social condition. To have played with enthusiasm, laughed with exuberance, sung with exultation, to go down to dust and dreams knowing that the world is a bit better and that even a single life breathes easier because we have lived well. That is to have succeeded. I want that for us this year. And it sounds a lot like the ox to me. A year of oxen ways, steady and disciplined and loyal and good to family and friends. Good mind, but not asking a lot of praise. Deliberate, a little stubborn at the right times. Strong, not flashy. Ordinary, in all the extraordinary kind of ordinary ways. So may we, all of us, like the child in the ancient poems, seek and find the ox in the world, in ourselves, lose ourselves and merge with it. May we find a way this year to enter the marketplace of life naked of pretense, like that old man at the end of the poem cycle, covered in dust, that common film of earth and life, blissfully smiling, that beatific smile, who with no extraordinary ability, like all we know who bring this presence into the world, brings withered trees spontaneously into bloom. Because we need this. So gonghe fat choi to all of us. And may the ox carry us through the gates of this year's heaven to a year of joy and peace and love and deep satisfaction and health and wisdom and the compassion that brings the world to bloom. Happy New Year, everybody. Amen. The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org.